ballot box stuffing. When will it end? It'll end when we end it, or if it stops working for the Democrats. We'll talk about that tonight. Take a guess what the fastest growing job sector is. You might be surprised. And Rumble, yes, right here on Rumble. Rumble is not taking any crap. And we'll have the proof of that. Coming up tonight, welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Thursday, kind of a blur day. It's not Wednesday halfway through, not Friday, the end of the week. It's Thursday, so... Hey, we're going to finish up Animal Farm tonight. We will get to the end of the book, and then starting tomorrow night, we're beginning Lord of the Flies. And uh, yeah, incredible uh, story. Very classic book. So we'll have all that and more coming up. What's... Ground Zero Hal 9000 got to say in the chat, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. (laughs) Yeah, scariest phrase ever. He's got a link in there, U.S. Army soldiers in a state of emergency. I'll check that out after the show, Hal 9000. Thank you and thank you for being here and part of the show. We really appreciate it. Yes, our live chat is open. Anything you want to talk about, you want to say, you want to make a comment about things I talk about or talk about your own stuff. You want to promote something, I don't care. Stick it in the live chat. It's over there. Yeah, follow along. By the way, speaking of follow, there is a follow button right down there. If you wouldn't mind just giving it a click, it really helps the show out a ton. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. helps the show and it's free for you. So click that follow button and thank you. All right. We've got to do one little... Oh, no, no, don't. We're going to switch things up tonight because two stories broke after I did the show rundown and I couldn't get them stuck in there. So I certainly wanted to at least mention it before we get on with the rest of the main part of our show. Check this out. Rupert Murdoch says he is stepping down from his position as the chairman of Fox Corporation and executive chairman of News Corp. He announced the decision in a letter stating he's in good health. The transition is set for November. His son, Latchland, is going to be taking over as the sole chairman of both companies. Goodbye, Fox. Nice knowing you. You've been really stupid lately. So, see ya. Yeah, that is one piece of breaking news. Could not possibly be better as we build back better. The other is not a small bite. It's a big bite. And it happened in Ottawa, Canada. This possibly the second largest protest that Ottawa has ever seen. This is insane. Take, Take a, a look, look at this footage. Come on. People on Twitter and X are gonna, they're gonna come out and they're gonna come out. Everybody back up! Guard the Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have gathered who want the government's big fat nose out of their business, wants to stop grooming our kids. That's what the big thing is all about, really. StopClassroomGrooming.com. The Million March going on, and uh, wow, it was insane. People have had enough. People have had enough, and they are finally stepping out and saying, that's it, no more. Keep your damn hands off our kids. We're not putting up with it anymore. U.S., pay attention. Learn a lesson. Ottawa, Canadians, kicking ass, taking names. Love it. 
absolutely love it. Great stories. Again, I didn't get them into the show notes tonight, but uh, the stories are there. Look them up. Check it out. Murdoch leaving Fox, which is brilliant news. I'm a little afraid about the sun. This could wind up being another Soros nightmare. But uh, the Ottawa protest, absolutely insane. All right. Blackout Coffee is one of our sponsors, and we appreciate them being here very much. Blackout Coffee. Be awake, not woke. (laughs) They were founded on the principles of conservative values. Folks, throw out that liberal, weak-ass, bullcrap coffee you've been drinking. Head to Blackout Coffee using our link and get yourself a real American cup of coffee. The founders of this company believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, American values. But you know what? None of that's going to work if you don't make a good product. This product is insane, folks. I am a coffee addict. I drink so much coffee. It's always by my side, whether it's in my Jay Sheldon Show mug or not. Always got the blackout coffee kicking around. And it because it's amazing. I will never drink another coffee in my life. Yes, Don, Dan Bongino even has his own blend over there. And they support our troops. You can donate coffee to our troops through their website when you place an order. They source premium-grade green coffee beans grown at the right altitude, correct time of year, correct temperature, the best soil. Work together with local co-ops and American farmers all to uh, grow this high-quality coffee. Blackout Coffee is roasted, packed, and shipped usually within 24 to 48 hours from the time you order. So that is Fresh roasted coffee delivered right to your door. If you use our link in the show notes, you will get a special deal. Check that out. It's the top link in our show notes right down there. And when you check out, be sure and use our promo code J20. J-A-Y-20 is the promo code. That will get you 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order with the promo code J20. America's Strong Coffee. Be awake, not woke. Get yourself a bag of beans and you will be amazed at how good coffee can be. All right. When will the ballot box stuffing end? PJ Media has got a great article up and wanted to share this with you uh, from their news and and politics section. Maybe this latest blatant ballot box stuffing scandal will be the last straw hard to say but we can always hope because they're just going to keep on doing it whether it's because they have no fear of any consequences or because they really are just that stupid democrat operatives regularly are stuffing ballot boxes in full view of cameras the pattern nauseatingly familiar at this point Big Left's candidate comes from behind to win an election with just a handful of mail-in or absentee ballots. Then, video, sworn testimony, official complaints of ballot harvesting, ballot box stuffing comes along. The matter is referred to law enforcement, which opens an investigation. And then, squat, nothing, nada, Did you see 2,000 Mules, by the way? If you have not seen Dinesh D'Souza's film, 2,000 Mules, 
you got to watch it. Rampant ballot harvesting, illegal, by the way, in Georgia, one of the states featured in the film 2000 Mules. The matter was referred to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, whose office launched an investigation. Uh, quote, if Georgia's investigation into organized ballot harvesting leads to actual arrests and punishment, it will be a great day for America. We are tired and weary of lengthy, drag-on, bullshit investigations that go nowhere, accomplish nothing. Maybe this time it'll be different, but I don't hold out a lot of hope. No difference. Raffensperger declined to proceed with one of the film's producers, election integrity nonprofit True the Vote, giving up the name of a confidential source, which they refused to do. One source, out of mountains of data and evidence the group provided, was the excuse for halting the investigation. Now, the last we heard, this office suing True the Vote. Meanwhile, more elections have occurred in the district. No arrests, no serious addressing of the ballot box stuffing problem. Mind-boggling. Here's from Florida, Orlando's metro area. Florida new Office of Electric Crimes and Security investigation was launched after Cynthia Harris, a former candidate for Orange County Commissioner, filed a sworn affidavit with Florida Secretary of State Office in her affidavit, she described a long-standing systematic ballot harvesting operation in Orlando area's African-American communities. On Wednesday night, Harris appeared on Just the News No Noise to discuss the electoral exploitation of black communities, she says, has been going on for years. Now, Harris, who is also black, doesn't matter to me, I don't care what the melanin content of your skin is, not only swore out an affidavit, but she'd previously recorded and reported ballot harvesters in her neighborhood, retained their materials to show law enforcement. The matter went to the FDLE, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, criminal investigation, their public information officers, not a word. A year after they took the case, the FDLE still has no comment because, you guessed it, it's still under investigation. A year later, Connecticut, my home state, we just saw that uh, earlier this week. Maybe the last straw? I doubt it. Bridgeport, run-down post-industrial town, coast of Long Island Sound, like a lot of cities, it's a beautiful historic neighborhoods, a lot of cultural venues in Bridgeport. It has long been captured by the Democrats, which is why it has done a long, slow dive into oblivion. Corruption runs rampant in the city of Bridgeport. Joe Gainham, the current mayor, been in office since 91. A felon, Gannon went on to a seven-year seven hiatus beginning in 2003 to serve time in a federal corrections facility after being convicted on a slew of corruption charges. And in December of 2015, 
he was sworn back into the mayor's office. That's Bridgeport for you. And he's currently running for re-election for his eighth term. Unbelievable. In Connecticut, Bridgeport has been one of those cities Democrat statewide candidates can rely upon for a little midnight magic, as they say. Last-minute, miraculous delivery of boxes of uncounted ballots and Oh, how convenient. It's just enough that we need to push our candidate ahead. Hmm. There's more. There's videos in this article. It's fantastic. And when is it going to stop? Not until we stop it. Bridge, you see, the Bridgeport mayor took a break from being mayor so he could serve time in a federal corrections facility and then signed him right back into office again. You know, I'm a big fan of the Dan Bongino show. He comes up at uh, 11 o'clock right after our show is done. And he says it, and I just can't think of a better way to say it. I'm not stealing from Dan. I give him full credit and hat tips. He always says, and it's true, it's just not bad enough. It's just not bad enough yet. It'll get there. Don't know how long it's going to take, but he's exactly right. It is just not bad enough and it's bad it's very bad this also from pj media what a disgusting story a 13 year old at an la mcdonald's was severely beaten and nobody stepped in to help september 6th just a couple weeks ago cassidy jones got out of school while walking home, she and her friends decided to stop at Mickey D's in Harbor City in L.A. And according to Fox 11 out of L.A., Cassidy was at the restaurant. An adult woman approached her for reasons evidently known only to her. The woman backed Cassidy into a corner and shouted, What the F are y'all looking at? I fight kids. I fight you. Then she proceeded to beat Cassidy pull her hair. Eventually, the teen wound up on the floor with the woman pummeling her, continuing, continuously beating on her. At some point, a man who may have accompanied the woman pulls her off Cassidy. No motive for the attack. Cassidy doesn't know who this woman is. There was a protest outside McDonald's over the weekend. Civil rights activist Naji Ali, who is the director of Project Islamic Hope, was on hand, issued a statement. He said the family and community leaders are calling for the immediate arrest of this woman and criminal charges to be filed against adult McDonald employees who had an obligation under the law to intervene and call the police. To stop the beating. There is a law called the Sharice Inverson Law, which makes it a crime for adults not to help or call police when a child is brutally beaten or sexually assaulted. Now, police currently have no leads 
If the woman is caught, she will be charged with abuse and battery. The bigger point is that while this woman was beating the crap out of this little girl, nobody, not a McDonald's employee, not a customer, nobody stepped in to help, to break it up, to make it stop. Are they in, in fear of a lawsuit? Bring it on. If I see something like that, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I do what I can to make it stop. Everything. We're living in clown world, my friends. Clown world. Um, AI. We haven't talked about AI in a while, but this article came up and it's a little freaky. It's about a culture of death. An AI chat bot helps women get abortions. Not kidding. Here is a head shaker for you. This is frightening. Prominent leftists continue their sick obsession with ensuring as many abortions as possible happen. And a group of pro-aborts has launched an official AI chatbot to basically help women kill their babies. Last year, of course, the Supreme Court overturned the Roe Wade and sent it back to the states. Viewed as a decision of victory for life. Pro-abortion Democrats fixated on maintaining a high abortion count across the country ever since. Fox News reported September 19th, a new chatbot, which is called Charlie, aims to help women start the process of getting an abortion. Because you know, these AI things, they may learn, but they can be programmed. The official website describes Charlie, the abortion chatbot from the National Women's Health Network. Here's their description. Chat with Charlie to get abortion options in every zip code. Charlie is managed by trusted partners of the NWHN. Everything Charlie shares has been vetted by experienced public health professionals and reproductive health advocates, including medical and legal experts. A lot of states have banned abortion since the Supreme Court sent it back to the state's control. It raises a lot of questions about exactly how Charlie provides abortion options in every zip code, unquote. Site doesn't explain. It provides information including what is legal in your state, where your nearest clinics are, how to get abortion pills, as well as estimated prices and wait times. Charlie's creator include Bianca Sembrano, former president of Planned Parenthood, Cecil Richards, Frank Rosato, also from Planned Parenthood previously, the former director of innovation, Kaori Sukiyoshi, and Kiana Tipton. So, 
There is a chat bot out there designed to help women get abortions. Okay, if that's really what you want, knock yourself out. Change of subjects here. What's the biggest growing job sector? What do you think? Take a guess. What is the fastest growing job sector? Put it in the chat. Let me know. What do you think? Jobs market still going strong. 180,000 jobs created in August. Unemployment rate near record low, 3.8%. What hasn't been widely reported or commented on is the fact that fully 20%, 20%—that's a lot—of new hires over the first eight months of 2023 are state, local, and federal government. Yep. Hiring Bonanza compares to just 5% of the new hires being employed by governments over the first eight months of 2022. Part of the reason for the surge in government hiring is the millions of teachers, police officers, public servants who quit during the pandemic. Other positions in government went unfilled because the private sector, so desperate to hire back their own employees, they gave huge bonuses in some cases and incentives others to workers in order to get them back to work. Is it really a necessary catch-up? Was there a huge fall-off in the quality of government services? Don't remember that happening. Wasn't noticeable. Could be. Maybe, perhaps, possibly a great number of employees hired back in 2023 really weren't necessary in the first place? Oh, yeah. Hmm. The first rule in government spending, why build one when you can have two at twice the price? <laughs> no place in the U.S. economy more prone to duplication of efforts or unnecessary workers than the government. And there you go, 20%, the fastest growing job sector is the government, local, state, federal. There's an article in our show notes tonight. You can, uh, you can check it out. Never stops, and it's not going to stop till you stop it. Do something. Contact your representatives. Let them know how you feel. Biden, back in the news, and as usual, it's nothing good. Man's a freaking idiot. Biden has revealed... He's being told what to do. Oh, color me shocked. Almost knocks over the Brazilian flag. And Brazilian's president's unique reaction. Here he is fumbling with his earpiece while the president of Brazil is introducing him. He had a meeting in New York with President Luis Inacio Lula da Silva from Brazil. He was in New York because he spoke at the UN Tuesday. 
Biden slurred his words during the speech, lost his fights with the teleprompter, suffered some sort of brain freeze during the remarks. It's, it's insane. I know the staff is going crazy. They're supposed to say, we're supposed to ask the press to leave a long time ago. But I want to say one more thing. Our Secretary of Treasury pointed out, they did a, the Treasury Department did a significant report and pointed out that, and this is a fact, when organized labor is engaged and involved, everyone does better. I know the staff and, is going And there's Janice Yellen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, whatever you say, Joe, I love you. It just gets worse. It just gets worse. President, I couldn't agree with you more. I know I'm not supposed to speak again, but my dad used to have an expression. When I was growing up, my father had an expression. My father was a, did not have a college degree, but he was a well-read man, and he worked very hard his whole life. He said, Joe, a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about self-respect. It's about being able to look your children in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. Well, if you're talking about dignity and self-respect, I would say you missed. Unbelievable. Check, Check this out. You know, uh, when I hosted you at the White House in February, uh, you said that we are reading all the cards. The next generation, a better world. And I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, Brazil and the United States are meeting that obligation together. At least that is our intention. We've begun it, and we're going to continue. We're working in lockstep to tackle the climate crisis, <coughs> including mobilizing hundreds. Okay, 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 enough, enough. He's just an idiot. And then he walks on the stage and almost knocks over the flag. Take a look at this. Watch him come out over here. Watch this flag here, Brazil. Where do I go? Oops. Oh. Idiot. And then he does that stupid joggy thing he always does. Now, I don't think there is video of this, but it's out there. Confused over how his earpiece works. Oh, yeah, here it is. At the end, he's supposed to shake the Brazilian president's hand, and then they part. Take a look. Shakes this guy's hand, Brazilian president, and there he goes. Boom. Just completely ignores him. Lost it. Done. What are we going to do about it? Something's got to be done. It's an embarrassment. He's an embarrassment. Every time, every show, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing this anymore. I'm just thinking, I, you know, I'm not even going to bother. It's stupid. You've seen so many of these. They happen every single freaking day. Incredible. Rumble, we love you. <laughs> I am exclusively on Rumble. We started this show out multicasting to Twitch.tv, YouTube, Rumble, and Facebook. Four different platforms. And then finally, when the other platforms decided they wanted to censor free speech and not allow the ability to be able to say what's on your mind, and Rumble stuck to their guns and said, nope, this is a free speech platform and we mean it. So I said, screw you, Facebook, Twitch.tv, and YouTube, and pulled the show off all those platforms. They're still there from the time we stopped being live 
on those platforms. But now we are exclusively live on Rumble. Could not be happier to be here. Rumble means the world to me, and uh, they are an absolutely fantastic platform. We love the way they work, how they work. Well, I'm sure you heard about Russell Brand. We covered it here on the show earlier. But it just gets screwier and screwier. The UK Parliament has asked if Rumble will demonetize Russell Brand. And the CEO reminds them why the colonies rebelled. <laughs> uh, Russell Brand, the latest Me Too's villain or victim, in the wake of multiple sexual assault allegations that suddenly appeared earlier this week, YouTube suspended monetization of his accounts over 6 million followers, subscribers over on YouTube. That is par for the course for the communists at YouTube. No one's surprised, but it wasn't enough. One British member of parliament, Dame Caroline Dinage, chairs the Cultural, Media, and Sports Committee of the House of Commons. She's written to Rumble to ask whether they were going to follow YouTube's lead and suspend monetization of Russell Brand's account. And Rumble posted on X exactly the letter they received from the UK Parliament. The whole letter is just beyond the pale, but this line, while we recognize Rumble is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, we are concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform. Uh, yeah. Now, just for the sake of argument, assume Brands end up criminally charged, and he has not been criminally charged. It's just some bullshit allegations in a newspaper. Should the government prevent him from having an ability to pay for attorneys for his defense? Obviously a big no. Well, Rumble published their reply on X, and I love it. Rumble says, Chris Pavlovsky, he's the CEO over, there, over here on Rumble, Today we received an extremely disturbing letter from a committee chair at the UK Parliament. While Rumble obviously deplores sexual assault, rape, and all serious crimes, and believes both alleged victims and the accused are entitled to a full and serious investigation, it is vital to note that the recent allegations against Russell Brand have nothing to do with the content of Rumble's platform. Just yesterday, YouTube announced, based solely on media accusations, it was barring Mr. Brand from monetizing his video content. Rumble stands for very different values. We have devoted ourselves to the vital cause of defending a free internet, meaning an internet where no one arbitrarily dictates what ideas can or cannot be heard, which citizens may or may not be entitled to a platform. 
we regard it as deeply inappropriate and dangerous that the UK Parliament would attempt to control who is allowed to speak on our platform or to earn a living from doing so. Singling out an individual and demanding his ban is even more disturbing given the absence from any connection between the allegations and his content on Rumble. We do not agree with the behavior of many Rumble creators, but we refuse to penalize them for actions that have nothing to do with our platform. Although it may be politically and socially easier for Rumble to join a cancel culture, mob, doing so would be a violation of our company's values and mission. We emphatically reject the UK Parliament's demands. Yes. Basically, he just said the UK Parliament can just F off. And good on you, Chris Pavlovsky. Love this guy. This channel, this platform. If you are just watching randomly and you haven't signed up for an account yet, it's free. It's very easy to do. You just stick your email in there. They don't spam your inbox. That also gives you the ability to follow shows like this one. There's a follow button over there. Please do sign up for an account. And you know what? Start your own channel. Thousands and thousands of people have. Some successfully, some not. But start your own channel. And it doesn't matter if you want. And yes, there's a lot of conservative content here on Rumble. But there is a lot that isn't conservative. And if you are not a conservative, if you are the furthest leftist, 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 left-wing nutbag on the planet, sign up. Make yourself a channel. Put up some content. We welcome you. That's the whole idea. Giving everyone, regardless of what your opinions and attitudes are, giving everyone a platform with which to speak. Unbelievable. All right. So basically the UK can just screw off. Information warfare. Yeah. Uh, in the live chat, uh, HAL 9000. Information warfare. It's been going on for a long time. Anthony Fauci back in the news, and you're not going to like this. Anthony Fauci and his wife had $11 million net worth before he left government. Anthony Fauci and his wife, a net worth over 11 million bucks when the then director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease stepped down from his top government role. Fauci and Christine Grady, who heads the bioethics department, <clears throat> saw their combined wealth balloon from 7.6 million in 2019 to 11.5 million in late 2022. Let's see, what happened between around 2019 or just a little after through, oh yes, we had a pandemic, didn't we? 
And apparently the Fauci's profited off of that to the tune of, uh, let's see, around three, four, four, five million bucks increase. Nice, very nice. If you want all the gory details of exactly what went on with this criminal, murdering, thieving bastard, Anthony Fauci, you can read the article. It's in our show notes. Before you read it, though, you might have to put in your digital ID to gain access. Well, not here, maybe. But the G20 leaders, they're getting ready. I'm going to talk about this every time I see something. I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to share you the links. And I hope you will share it on your social media accounts to let people know. Fight back. Contact your representatives. Tell them how you feel. It matters. It matters. G20 leaders plot the CBDC, that central bank digital currency, and digital IDs worldwide. This is from Reclaim the Net. The plan is coming together. A monumental step towards a digital future. The convocation of the 20 largest world economies, famously known as the G20, have concluded upon a commitment to herald the advent of digital currencies and digital IDs across their respective territories and countries. That decision sparked major anxieties, given its potential as a mechanism through which the government can keep tabs on everything you and I do. This announcement came from a recent meeting held in New Delhi under the mantle of India's presidency. Voices across the globe raised alarms over the potential grooming of cryptocurrencies through government-aided regulations. It's going to happen. They're going to shove this crap down your throat whether you want it or not. They're moving forward, and the G20 is getting behind them, and that should scare the hell out of you. Please let 2024's election happen soon. Please. We need Trump back. Okay. Our last little thing before we get on to the conclusion of Animal Farm, which we're going to do in just a second. We always end with a funny thing or a poignant thing or something memorable. Well, this kid is the preschool apprentice, they call him. Brilliant. Absolutely amazing. Flawless impersonation. This kid is, I don't know, I'm going to guess maybe all of eight years old. Take a listen to this. Welcome back to another edition of the Preschool Apprentice. Today the teacher told us all about mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. It's a tremendous little food. It's so great. It's got these little pieces of pasta and these little <laughs> bags of squeezable cheese. We love to squeeze the cheese, quite frankly. And nobody squeezes cheese better. Nobody. You look at Sleepy Joe, you look at Barry, you look at George Bush, nobody squeezes cheese better than I do. The other thing that I would like to ponder at is that I don't know who Mac is. Mac is an unidentified identity. 
And I'm quite frankly a little confused. There's mac and cheese. But who is mac? I know who cheese is. Cheese is delicious. Who is mac? We don't know. We're looking into it quite bigly. We're looking into it so bigly. We're going to find you, mac. And we are going to bring you to justice. We're going to bring you. Oh. This kid, okay, maybe 10 years old. I'll give him that. But man, what an impression. This kid's got it going on. Unbelievable. The link to that is in our show notes if you want to watch it again or share it out on your social media. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Hat tip to uh, James Woods, the actor James Woods, at Real James Woods for that uh, that post. Man, that is good. That is really good. Okay. It is time to bring it all home. We started a long time ago with uh, Animal Farm from George Orwell after we finished 1984. And uh, we are going to conclude that book tonight. We are at the second half of chapter 10, and that's all she wrote. So let's continue on now. This was first published back in 1944. This is George Orwell's Animal Farm. She neighed again, and all the animals broke into a gallop rushed into the yard. And then they saw what Clover had seen. It was a pig walking on its hind legs. Yes, it was Squealer, a little awkwardly, as though not quite used to supporting his considerable bulk in that position, but with perfect balance, he was strolling across the yard. A moment later, out of the front door of the farmhouse came a long file of pigs, all walking on their hind legs. Some did it better than others. One or two were even a trifle unsteady and looked as though they would have liked the support of a stick, but every one of them made his way right round the yard successfully. And finally, there was a tremendous baying of the dogs and a shrill crowing from the black cockerel. And out came Napoleon himself, majestically upright, casting haughty glances from side to side, and with his dogs gamboling round him. He carried a whip in his trotter. There was a deadly silence. Amazed, terrified, huddling together, the animals watched the long line of pigs march slowly round the yard. It was as though the world had turned upside down. Then there came a moment when the first shock had worn off and when, in spite of everything, in spite of their terror of the dogs and of the habit developed throughout the long years of never complaining, never criticizing, no matter what happened. They might have uttered some word of protest, but just at that moment, as though at a signal, all the sheep burst out into a tremendous bleating of four legs good, two legs better. Four legs good, two legs better. Four legs good, two legs better. It went on for five minutes without stopping. By the time the sheep had quieted down, 
chance to utter any protest had passed, for the pigs had marched back into the farmhouse. Benjamin felt a nose nuzzling at his shoulder. He looked round. It was Clover. Her old eyes looked dimmer than ever. Without saying anything, she tugged gently at his mane and led him round to the end of the big barn, where the seven commandments were written. For a minute or two, they stood gazing at the tatted wall with its white lettering. My sight is failing, she said finally. Even when I was young, I couldn't have read what was written there, but it appears to me that wall looks different. Are the seven commandments the same as they used to be, Benjamin? Well, for once, Benjamin consented to break his rule, and he read out to her what was written on the wall. There was nothing there now except a single commandment, and it ran... All animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. After that, it didn't seem strange when the next day the pigs who were supervising the work of the farm all carried whips in their trotters. It didn't seem strange to learn that the pigs had bought themselves a wireless set or arranging to install a telephone had taken out subscriptions to John Bull, Tidbits, and the Daily Mirror. Didn't seem strange when Napoleon was seen strolling in the farmhouse garden with a pipe in his mouth. No, not even when the pigs took Mr. Jones' clothes out of the wardrobe and put them on. Napoleon himself appeared in a black coat, rat-catcher breeches, and leather leggings while his favorite sow appeared in the watered silk dress which Mrs. Jones had used to wear on Sundays. A week later, in the afternoon, a number of dog carts drove up to the farm. A deputation of neighboring farmers had been invited to make a tour of inspection. They were shown all over the farm and expressed great admiration for everything they saw, especially the windmill. The animals were weeding the turnip field. They worked diligently hard, raising their faces from the ground and not knowing whether to be more frightened of the pigs or the human visitors. That evening, loud laughter and bursts of singing came from the farmhouse, and suddenly, at the sound of the mingled voices, the animals were stricken with curiosity. What could be happening in there? Now that for the first time animals and human beings were being meeting on terms of equality. With one accord, they began to creep as quietly as possible into the farmhouse garden. At the gate, they paused, half frightened to go on, but Clover led the way in, tiptoed up to the house. Such animals were tall enough, peering in at the dining room window. And there, round the long table, sat half a dozen farmers and half a dozen of the more eminent pigs, Napoleon himself occupying the seat of honor at the head of the table. The pigs appeared completely at ease in their chairs. 
The company had been enjoying a game of cards, but had broken off for the moment, evidently in order to drink a toast. A large jug was circulating, and the mugs were being refilled with beer. No one noticed the wondering faces of the animals that gazed in from the window. Mr. Pilkington of Foxwood had stood up, mug in hand. In a moment, he said he would ask the present company to drink a toast. But before doing so, there were a few words that he felt it incumbent upon him to say. It was a source of great satisfaction to him, he said, and he was sure to all others present, to feel that a long period of mistrust and misunderstanding had now come to an end. There had been a time, not that he or any of the present company had shared such sentiments, but there had been a time when the respected proprietors of Animal Farm had been regarded, he would not say with hostility, but perhaps with a certain measure of misgiving by their human neighbors. Unfortunate incidents had occurred, mistaken ideas had been current. It had been felt the existence of a farm owned and operated by pigs was somehow abnormal, was liable to have an unsettling effect on the neighborhood. Too many farmers had assumed, without due inquiry, that on such a farm a spirit of license and indiscipline would prevail. They'd been nervous about the effects upon their own animals, or even upon human employees. But all such doubts were now dispelled. Today, he and his friends had visited Animal Farm, inspected every inch of it with their own eyes. And what did they find? Well, not only the most up-to-date methods, but a discipline and orderliness which should be an example to farmers everywhere. He believed he was right in saying that the lower animals on Animal Farm did more work and received less food than any animals in the country. Indeed, he and his fellow visitors today had observed many features which they intended to introduce on their own farms immediately. He would end his remarks, he said, by emphasizing once again the friendly feelings that subsisted and ought to subsist between Animal Farm and its neighbors. Between pigs and human beings, there was not, and there need not be, any clash of interests whatsoever. Their struggles, difficulties were one. Was not the labor problem the same everywhere? Here it became apparent that Mr. Pilkington was about to spring some carefully prepared witticism on the company, but for a moment he was too overcome with amusement to be able to utter it. And after much choking, during which his various chins turned purple, <coughs> he managed to get it out. If you have your lower-class animals to contend with, said we must have our lower classes. This bon mot set the table in a roar, and Mr. Pilkington once again congratulated the pigs on the low rations, the long working hours, the general absence of pampering which he'd observed on Animal Farm. And now, he said finally, 
we would ask company to raise their feet, make certain their glasses are full. Gentlemen, concluded Mr. Pilkington, gentlemen, I give you a toast to the prosperity of Animal Farm. There was enthusiastic cheering, stamping of the feet. Napoleon was so gratified, he left his place and came round the table to clink his mug against Mr. Pilkington's before emptying it. When the cheering had died down, Napoleon, who'd remained on his feet, intimidated that he too had a few words to say. Like all of Napoleon's speeches, it was short and to the point. He too, he said, was happy. The period of misunderstanding was at an end. For a long time, there had been rumors circulating. He had reason to think by some malignant enemy that there was something subversive, even revolutionary, in the outlook of himself and his colleagues. They'd been credited with attempting to stir up rebellion among the animals on neighboring farms. Nothing could be further from the truth. Their sole wish, now and in the past, was to live at peace and in normal business relations with their neighbors. This farm, which had the honor to control, he added, was a cooperative enterprise. Title deeds, which were in his own possession, were owned by the pigs jointly. He didn't believe, he said, that any of the old suspicions still lingered. But certain changes had been made recently in the routine of the farm, which should have the effect of promoting confidence still further. Hitherto, the animals on the farm had a rather foolish custom of addressing one another as comrade. This was to be suppressed. There had always also been a strange custom whose origin was unknown of marching every Sunday morning past a boar's skull nailed to a post in the garden. Well, this too would be suppressed, and the skull had already been buried. His visitors might have observed, too, the green flag which flew from the masthead. If so, they would perhaps have noted that the white hoof and horn, with which it had previously been marked, had been removed. It would be a plain green flag from now onwards. He had only one criticism, he said to make of Mr. Pilkington's excellent and neighborly speech. Mr. Pilkington had referred throughout to Animal Farm. He could not, of course, know, for he, Napoleon, was the only one now for the first time announcing it, that the name Animal Farm had been abolished. Henceforth, the farm was to be known as the Manor Farm, which he believed was its correct and original name. Gentlemen, concluded Napoleon, I will give you the same toast as before, but in a different form. Fill your glasses to the brim, gentlemen. Here's my toast to the prosperity of Manor Farm. Well, there was the same hearty cheering as before. The mugs were emptied to the dregs, but as the animals outside gazed at the scene, it seemed to them something strange was happening. Was it that they had altered in the face of the pigs? 
Clover's old dim eyes flitted from one face to another. Some of them had five chins. Some had four. Some had three. But what was it that seemed to be melting, changing? And then the applause having come to an end, the company took up their cards and continued the game that had been interrupted, and the animals crept silently away. But they hadn't gone twenty yards when they stopped short. An uproar of voices was coming from the farmhouse. They rushed back and looked through the window again. Yes, a violent quarrel was in progress. There were shoutings, banging on the table, sharp, suspicious glances, furious denials. The source of the trouble appeared to be that Napoleon and Mr. Pilkington had each played an ace of spades simultaneously. Twelve voices were shouting in anger, and they were all alike. No question now what was happened to the faces of the pigs. The creatures outside looked from pig to man, and from man to pig and from pig to man again. But it was already impossible to say which was which. And that's George Orwell's Animal Farm. Man, if you have never read 1984 or Animal Farm, I cannot encourage you enough, especially 1984. Wow, we just did that last. Okay, that's Animal Farm, George Orwell. Coming up tomorrow night, we begin a brand new book in the last part of our show, and we'll read a little bit of a chapter every time until we get to the end of this one. And beginning tomorrow, it will be Lord of the Flies. That's going to be cool. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, please do hit that follow button over here. It's free for you. It helps the show out a lot. Really appreciate it. Check out all of our great sponsors, NordVPN, Blackout Coffee, Skillshare, uh, BarkBox. They're all down there in our show notes. You get some great deals on some of the stuff you need. And I will see you all again tomorrow. Tomorrow.